Hi. This week on Papa PhD, I'm joined by Vikram Baliga in sharing with you a celebration of a great milestone for Papa PhD and for his podcast, The Planthropology Podcast. Having both started podcasting in 2019, we just reached 50,000 downloads at a few days of interval, and we decided to thank you, the listeners, by recording a special episode. I hope you enjoy getting to know Vikram and I a little better, and that you share Papa PhD and Planthropology with two friends, at least two friends, to get us started on our way to 100,000. Thanks for being listeners, happy listening, and happy sharing. Welcome to Papa PhD with David Mendez, the podcast where we explore careers and life after grad school with guests who have walked the road less traveled and have unique stories to tell about how they made their place in a world of constantly evolving rules. Get ready to go off the beaten path and hop on for an exciting new episode of Papa PhD. Yeah, we're, uh, we're live for this uh, cumulative 100,000 download celebration <laughs> uh, between uh, Papa PhD and the Planthropology Podcast. Vikram, we, I've, I was just mentioning before, before we came uh, live that we've known each other for a while in this group of, of like science-y podcasts, but it's the first time we're actually interacting one-on-one -on, -one, uh, on camera. And I think this milestone of 50,000 downloads... It's just funny that it, it, it falls like almost the same week. Yours was a few days ago. Yeah. I just hit 50,000. I was showing you at the beginning. I just hit 50,000 today. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm super, super happy to have you here today and to, to celebrate this. We need to celebrate some, some uh, of these milestones amongst ourselves, but also with our viewers, with our listeners who, who uh, maybe don't suspect all the work that go, that's behind uh, <laughs> putting a, putting an episode a week or or more depending, but um, yeah. Uh, so you you actually hit fifty thousand first. So uh, I don't know if you have a little a little uh, word of, of celebration of of uh, thankfulness to to share now. Yeah. Oh man, one hundred percent. Like I, uh, you know, when I started this a couple of years ago, I didn't really know. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just going for it. Like, you know, I'm just going to try it. And the fact that, you know, I have this super niche little nerdy science podcast about plants. Uh, the thought that there have been 50,000, I mean, maybe not 50,000 individual people, but that uh, it has entered someone's headphones or like car speakers or something 50,000 times. That's crazy to think about. <laughs> And uh, no, so I, I appreciate for sure, you know, everyone that tunes in, you know, week after week to hear me stumble through an introduction and then talk to some really cool people. Um, because honestly, like my show ultimately, and I think yours too, is that, like, I, I don't, I don't matter for it. I'm not important. It's the cool people I get to talk to uh, and tell their stories and, and what they research and the science they do. Like uh, that means a lot to me um, as, as someone that, you know, does this, yeah, maybe a little bit for work, but mostly because it's fun. Um, it, it means a lot that people care about the stories that we're trying to tell. It does. It, it, it's super, it's funny because you, you said something when you posted uh, that it was almost unbelievable to, to reach that number, considering, you know, we started in 2019, both of us, mm -hmm. me, me in the summer and you in the fall, I think, or almost winter. Yeah. But um, the other thing that's amazing to me is to see to imagine not only that which is already like 
mind-boggling in a, in a certain way because I'm here in my basement with you know my computer, my my mic, and then you know people listen and people listen week after week or people share with other with with friends and then um, but when then you, when when you imagine that they're doing this around the world, there's like people let's mm -hmm. say in Japan or it, it is humbling and uh, and you know I am also really really grateful for everyone who one day decides to click and to to listen through and to even sometimes give give some some feedback uh, for us especially for, because there's now there's a lot of podcasts out there things have changed you know even from in two years there's a lot of like big podcasts there's like let's say there's a podcast industry there's mm -hmm. like uh there's big there's big um like groups of podcasts but also agencies that that you know uh produce a certain amount of podcasts put money into it there, there's there's teams doing research and doing production and for us indie podcasters it's kind of uh yay we <laughs> we're here and and people do listen and uh and you don't you don't have to be to to be a, a big budget show to to uh to reach people and to have a message that's interesting or that people find interesting or fun entertaining or uh or touching depending but in my case i'm very much like you i stay very much in the behind the scenes not although i'm 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 on the mic but i always especially because mostly and up until now the podcast has been interviews i give the stage to the person who's presenting their story and uh yeah yeah and i think that's i think that's the cool thing about this outlet right is that you know, throughout time, it's like we, we figure out how to tell good stories and, and whether it's through plays or through through writing or through television or movies or whatever, I, I, I think part of the human condition is telling stories, right? Like we're mm -hmm. like, uh, whether it's biological or social or whatever, like we tell stories and that's what we do. And it's how we contextualize the world around us. So I think the the fact that, you know, we can sit here in our offices or whatever in our basements or wherever we are. And like, like you said, reach people around the world and help other people tell a little bit of the story of their life and how they got to where they are and what makes the thing that they do interesting and important like that. That for me is really meaningful. I think that that's very fulfilling and it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy doing this most, most of the time, like 90% of the time. So I'll tell you my least favorite thing, and I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it. I hate writing show notes. I hate it. It's like four sentences. It takes me literally 10 minutes when I actually sit down to do it. I hate doing it. And so like at, everything up in the process until I'm like about to hit, like write all my show notes and post. I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, I got to do this. And then I don't know. That's just my weird brain. But Oh, but I, I'm, I'm pretty much like you. Uh, it's the fun part. The most fun part is the conversation with the person if, you, if it's an interview. But it's true that if you want to have you know, uh, I, a website with a page that when people get there, there's content, there's something to read, there's some, some presentation of what's in the episode. Mm -hmm. It is work. It's, it's yeah. work. And then it takes, for me at least, I, I, what I do is when I am editing, because, uh, you know, sometimes uh, there's, something, there's something I want to adjust or some I take too long to get to a question and then I, I kind of shorten it, something, things like that, mostly on my side. 
um i i want i don't want uh, listeners to be like okay when is <laughs> when is the question coming <laughs> but when i'm doing that exercise i have my uh, it's a wordpress page open mm-hmm. for that for that week's episode and i try to take bullets okay okay th- we talked about this we talked about that but it's work it's work and all, it, i agree that whenever i i set up to do it it's like okay <clears throat> the the non so much the not so much fun part is starting now <laughs> but <laughs> and i think it's important yeah oh i totally agree and i you know whether what so whether i read the show notes on every podcast episode i listen to or not i like knowing they're there right so like if i go to like listen to an episode of whatever and i'm like oh that was really interesting i'd like to find out more about it it is nice having a link to either the guest or some, some tidbits of information or whatever else it is. It is useful and it is important. And I, I have to tell myself that over and over again, because I just, have to, it's one of those things that for whatever reason I just have to make myself do, but it is important. Yeah. And same thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's also again, and I think it's the same with you because we bring on people onto the show and we want to share their story we also want to give them a service in a way of sharing their latest uh pro- their latest uh, i don't know content that they produced or their book this week it's funny this week uh, i just published the episode today and it's an author who's a neighbor of yours she's in uh, austin texas okay amy gentry she she published in february this book called bad habits and it's about um yeah, the bad habits within academia. It's it's interesting and it hmm. fits within the show because it's a thriller set within academia, and you you follow a, a protagonist in in her way through uh, becoming a tenured professor, etc. It was really a cool conversation. She's a neighbor of yours. I don't know how close it is to Lubbock. <laughs> so uh, so Texas is pretty big. Um. Yeah, right. <laughs> but well, it's she's closer than me. Let's say here in Montreal. Well, that's true. That's very true. You know, so for context, like. I'm kind of up in the Panhandle area, like Southern Panhandle, and okay. Austin's kind of right in the middle of the state, and it would take me on the highway about five and a half hours to get there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, she's in your state then. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to brush up my geography. <laughs> oh no, well, there's no reason to know that. Like that's that's such a a random thing. Like I, uh, and and of course I'm a Texan. I'm you know have lived in Texas pretty much my whole life, and. Uh, we like to brag about how big Texas is. I don't know why it's, it's one of our weird psychological quirks, I guess. Uh, but if you ask a Texan, Texan is the best. Texas is the best at everything. So, you know, we can't help it. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but the thing that I was saying, the show notes also to me are a service to the person who came, who gave their time to be on the show. They mm-hmm. have a, a book they published or they have a blog that they're, that they're doing well, it's only fair that it's uh, that that a link to those things are, is offered to the listeners who, like you mentioned, want to explore a little more. Uh, I even have a uh, direct links to the person's Twitter uh, if if they uh, if they have one, etc. Because the, the cool thing about podcasting it's it, it's in people's ears, gets people thinking, and um, it, it's it's. Um, it's a way to to I think it's a way to interconnect people, if not directly with people, with people's stories. So mm-hmm. yeah, offering that that platform of letting the person interact a little bit more or dig a little deeper, I think it's it's a key. Although not it's not essential to the podcast uh, production adventure. I think there's 
much uh, more uh, much simpler ways to start and to run a podcast today but uh, i'm like you i like having some things that are like solid and, and constant and that i feel uh, offer offer some value to the listeners so i think it'd be interesting to talk about i was kind of before we got on here uh, i had a couple other recordings um this morning mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, like, okay, I need to think through this a little bit more. Uh, I was thinking it'd be interesting maybe to tell the story of of kind of how we got into this and what like what started the ideas for the podcast and maybe just a little bit more about us. Because I think a lot of the people yeah. listening probably know some of that and have maybe been around. But, you know, since this is going out to Twitter in different places, maybe there's some folks that this is the first time that have, you know, encountered our two shows. So do you want to go first? I can go first. Um and it's fun. We're gonna we're gonna gonna have a back and forth between interviewers. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my my story with Papa PhD started when I, I finished my PhD. There was you know there were difficulties. Uh, I I had gone into the PhD uh, without knowing too much about academia, about uh, about the, even the PhD itself. I, I got into a, into a PhD program in Portugal. And eventually I came here to Montreal as a visiting research student to do the research. But, uh, you know, I soon understood that people here took much longer to do a PhD than the three years of of financing that I had. Um, So this meant that at the end of the PhD, there was a lot of stress. Uh, It it was difficult. And um, when I finished and then I ended up uh, uh, not keeping on uh, on the on the track of, uh, of research i started i became a first a long distance tutor then medical writer and now mostly what i do is translation in the biomedical biomedical hmm. domain but in, in the years after the phd whenever i was approached to participate in a career panel i really first wanted to go and i and i i did accept uh, because i wanted to be able to share with people, uh, with the, the grad students who were now going through it, the the errors that I made and 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 make them, uh, you know, think of uh, of uh, some blind spots that they might have, uh, which I know I had while going through the PhD, and you know, year after year, I kept seeing that there was a lot of anxiety in graduate students, and it, it wasn't really changing year after year, you know, and. Because I, I, so I defended in 2010, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, whenever I was invited, the questions, the the doubt about what what happens professionally after the PhD, they were still there each time, you know, year after year that I was taking part in these in these things, and um, it just so happened that in 2019, uh, I was already you know working as a as a translator. But uh, I had a project uh, with my dad in Portugal. He wanted me to help with something for six months. So I kind of had, you know, I kind of cut the, the, the cord a little bit with translation and focused on that. And when I came back from that, there was kind of a lull. And it was a kind of a coincidence. At the time that I was, uh, you know, waiting for new contracts to come, there was a lot of messaging around why you should start your podcast today. I don't know if you noticed this a couple of years ago in 2019 when you started. And still today, the the, the, the style has changed because now there's a lot of services being sold around that. But yeah. at that time, at that time, it was less of that. and was more, more of why you should start your podcast today. And I had a mic because uh, I, I, you know, I played, I played 
I, I kind of tried to start playing an instrument as an adult, uh, but I, I had, um, it's funny, I had recorded this song for the, I don't know if you know the Twist podcast, This Week in Science. Yeah, they, yeah. This Week in Science, okay. In 2010, 29, uh, you know, 2009, each year, I don't know if it was each year, but they had a call for music, for, so for science-y songs. And in hmm. 2010, I created one called Molecular Motor uh, with GarageBand, and I had a mic, and I had all, all the gear, and it actually got on the Twist uh, Science Music CD of that year. Oh, that's but, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one day I need to I need to find someone to to create a video clip, <laughs> you know, kind of, of uh, uh, dine-ins or or whatever whatever molecular motors. Now there's really cool animation on that. Anyway, I had the gear, I had this will to help and this desire to help the community, to help the the young researchers. And it was kind of an alignment of stars. Why you should start a podcast today? I, I, of course I do. <laughs> and and uh, I, I started working on, on thinking about the concept, looking at how it could, you know, what it could be. And I knew a bunch of people and all of us who I, I imagine who've gone through PhDs know a bunch of people who have done different things after their, their PhD and probably don't know so many people who have been, been able to follow the tenure track. Um, because we know the statistics around that today. Mm -hmm. But um, I thought, I'm in Montreal, I'm bilingual, I'm going to create a podcast in, which will have uh, French-speaking <laughs> and English-speaking guests. Some The first ones I knew, they were part of my network, but then eventually people started to either reach out or to recommend recommend guests. But uh, this was the this was the genesis of it. Then the name people ask ask about the name. Some people thought it was about parenthood during the period. <laughs> but um, it, it had to be a name that worked in French and English. And Papa and and Papa, it's the same. Yeah. And I was I was a dad, you know. And I it, there was this thing of when I finished when I actually when I defended I we had our first child already. So the, for me the this thing of of the post phd one of the big components was being a father which which i wasn't before and this is how uh, uh, kind of papa phd and then i don't know i imagine in my you know i i imagine that uh, you know a dad is kind of a paternal th there's this kind of pater paternality thing of helping people that i thought uh, fit together so that's why it's papa phd i don't know if I, I if i was too jumbled but this is kind of the in a nutshell the story behind why I started the podcast and why we're here today. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I think it's a good mission, right? Because this whole, you know, academia is a whole thing. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we're, we're both, you know, maybe we've both gone through it and now maybe we're in different places in relation to it, right? Like I'm, I'm not tenure track. I still kind of live in academia world sitting in this office on campus and, <laughs> you know, hiding out here at the greenhouse. And, you know, it's funny cause I, I think, I think we get told that like, hang on a sec, grab something off the shelf. Like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be an adult, but this, this is the kind of thing I have on my shelf behind me, <laughs> like coconuts with googly eyes. And like, there's actually like, here's a planter that has a face on it. And you know, I, so funny. Yeah. I, I have found this weird little niche where I get to play plant guy, you know, and run a greenhouse and play with plants and do some landscaping stuff. And I get to teach. And like, there are days that I feel like I have won, like, <laughs> like I won, right? Like I found like the job in academia that lets me be weird and have a coconut on my shelf. But, um, mm. but yeah, but I think we've both been through it and there is a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and just a lot of 
uncertainty surrounding the whole thing, you know, during, after, before, you know, whatever. And I think that is a good service you provide that it, it gives good context for people. And it, I, I think, you know, sometimes in, as academics, as students, as whatever, you know, our support systems within the group or within the, the institution are maybe not as good as they should be. And I think that we have to find support and find common ground and find people who understand where we can. And I think you do a great job of telling those stories. Well, uh, I, I try to definitely. And things are changing. I see this uh, around me in universities here in Montreal, but not only. I've, I'm in contact with people uh, m- m- a lot because of the podcast, in contact with people uh, at Johns Hopkins, uh, at, Ir- at UC Irvine. And and p- programs are being created. People are thinking about the graduate students in a different way but uh, like you were saying academia is a big thing is a big old thing and big old things have this way of being hard to change and it takes time and uh, it takes people that really want to change things but uh yeah it, it, it's um it's the the cool thing about the podcast and i <clears throat> i don't know if i don't know what's your experience but you must have been i was a, a podcast listener before i was a podcaster mm-hmm. And podcasts have this way of, uh, because you, you, you have them in your ears, you're maybe doing something, you may be running, you may be uh, uh, doing a, your chores or whatever, but they, there's this intimacy with the story that's being told that, um, for me, sharing the stories of people who, who have followed different paths, I feel that versus a video which would have been very edited and very like you know very everything would have has to be very strong visually etc etc the podcast has for me is this perfect uh, medium of storytelling you were talking talking about storytelling and and i think because the phd we're talking about the phd as it's this one thing Mm -hmm. but it's different in humanities it's different in in the in the social sciences in uh uh, you know, I, I don't know, economics, et cetera, the, or, or engineering, it's very different. And we do try to talk about it as, as one thing, but the only way to really start getting a feeling of uh, what it can be is through stories of people who were, who came from these different domains and who tell their difficulties, uh, their wins, you know, their fails. And, uh, and for me, at least, I think the, the, the podcast is, is really the, the the best medium for that. Now, I, what I, the one thing I wish is that, like, let's say, uh, transcription services would be much cheaper and much better than they are, because that then then I, I would feel that I'm really serving everyone, even people who who cannot hear, um, and uh, and and also people who don't really like the technology, prefer to read. It would mm-hmm. be great to have all these conversations in text, but it's still so expensive. It, it is, and and you know, a lot of the um, automated services leave a lot to be desired, and so you, need to you, you pre- a lot of hours after. Oh gosh! And so, like, yeah, if you want to do it, you almost have to pay a, a transcriptionist to to listen and do it, and that's uh. Sorry, my computer's making noises at me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that it is. It can be very expensive, and it can be quite the undertaking. That's something that I'm working on too. Is trying to get transcripts done for. Uh, my episodes and I've got, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm well into uh, into the show. And so, like, mm-hmm. if I do it, I want to go back and do the back catalog, too. Yeah. 
but it's like 75 episodes or something now. So I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I will eventually. <laughs> I, I I tell myself the same. I'm, uh, you know, I'm thinking of how to improve the show and I, I'm sure it's, it's the same thing on your, on your side to try to bring something better and better. And, uh, you know, and hope that eventually, um, we're able as indie podcasters to get a sponsor or, you know, to, 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 because again, com- if you compare with some of the podcasts I listen to, uh, I'm thinking of a hidden brain or, a, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's a lot of uh, podcasts that are very well produced, but, but they have a high produ- production value and there's a lot of investment. It's teams of people working in there. There's a, there's a transcriptionist. There's a fact checker. There's a, the person who takes care of the sound effects, etc., etc., etc. There's the person who takes care of the social media. And here with like a, a seven instrument man. I don't know if you if you have those. Uh, you know the guys where <laughs> yeah. they have the, the drum yeah. and the this and that. And yeah. and well, we try we, we try to do our best. But the thing is, time is limited. And then money is limited too. <laughs> but you know, maybe with AI, things are going to somehow become easier, or we're going to we're, we're going to be able to do something automated that is closer to a, a good product. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's 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 a challenge for sure. It's it's certainly a challenge. But you know, I think we'll get there. I think it's it's one of those things that that's. It, it, you're right. That's where we should be. It's just trying to figure out how to get there. You know, how we get there? You know, you and I both have other jobs. Like we don't, you know, we're not <laughs> we're not full time podcasters. So we no. there. There's always a trade off, right? Exactly, exactly. And now we're gonna. I want, I'm gonna ask you about your story, um, uh, because I don't know the the genesis. I don't know what the genesis. Uh, you know the the what's it, the origin story of Planthropology is. I've seen it evolve. I've seen the logo evolve, but. Uh, yeah, I think people that are watching or listening would be interested to know what you know who was Vikram before Planthropology and what was the, <laughs> the moment where where the project was born. So I was in the middle of writing a dissertation and I didn't want to do it. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay. <laughs> no, I uh, I mean that on that, that there is some truth to that. Um honestly, so I had had a conversation one day with a friend of mine Actually, who's been on a couple times, Kyle Tengler. He was my first guest, and then he came back a little bit later on. Um, and we've been friends for oh, what, ten years. I don't know, a long time since since uh, since I started my masters. So yeah, in my ten or eleven years. And um, we were just up to here is actually pretty shortly. I'd been I'd been working at the greenhouse where I work for about a year, uh, and we were up here talking about nerdy plant stuff. I don't, we're talking about mesquite trees and uh, <laughs> land management. You know, we, that's what we do when we get together. We talk about science and you know, we're nerds, whatever. Uh, and I, and I kind of jokingly half jokingly said this was in say maybe February or March of 2019. Uh, hey, this would make a good podcast. And we both kind of laughed about it, you know, like, <laughs> okay. Um, so that September, our department was um, working to hire and appoint a new department chair. You know, the, the last guy was rolling off. We were trying to find someone else to do it. And as our current department chair was going through his interviews and all that, he said several times, um, you know, we need to be working as a department. And he made some bigger claims about the college and university and everything else, but as a department about doing good outreach, like taking our science and, not sitting on it as much and putting it out there and telling a story better. And 
he was talking about uh, different different outlets to do that, and you know whether it's yeah. podcasts or YouTube or you know uh, extension more extension style kind of public publications and things like you know went through a whole list. Well, I had already kind of been thinking about this podcast, and he said that, and it stuck in my brain. And I was like, okay. So a couple months later in uh, October, November, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I ordered some stuff. I didn't tell anybody. They didn't fire me. It was good. Uh, and uh, so then, yeah, it started just as, as a, a way to tell tell the story of the science that we do a little bit better. So, you know, most of my guests are plant scientists or like um, work in the natural sciences in some way, whether they're water people or soil scientists or food producers and they're, they're not all scientists, right? I talk to industry folks. I talk to students. I talk to people who volunteer. Anything and everything that's sort of related, I want someone to come on and talk to me. And mm-hmm. so there's, for me, there's two parts. Like, I want to investigate like our human connection to the environment, which is kind of where the name comes from, like the mm-hmm. anthropology of plants, like plant anthropology, yeah. right? Um, but I also want I – think, I think sometimes and, – and you kind of hinted at this some um, or maybe – more than hinted at it as an educator, as a college educator, I feel like the part of the story we don't tell well, right? We get, we get our undergrads in, we get our grad students in. It's like, okay, you're going to spend the next four years and $80,000 learning about soil. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Right. <laughs> but, but the question we don't answer all the time is now what, then what, right? Where do you go? What do you do? How, how do you turn my four year education or, in my case, in your case, maybe our 10, 12, whatever year education into something like, what does, what does that mean? And and so I'm trying to interview people who are both in the industry on industry side, academic side about what keeps them getting up and going to work. Why do they care about what they do? Why do they love their jobs? Why do they, why are they still interested? So that any student that's listening could maybe think or potential student to think, Oh, you know, this is, this plant science or environmental science or whatever it is could be something I could see myself doing at this person's age or at this point in my career, because that's, that's a gap that I have always felt like we needed to fill is I I don't think in education, sometimes we're telling the practical side of the story. Sometimes like the education is great. The knowledge is great. So what, you know, like, like what do you do with it? What do you practically do with it? And I'm very much an applied scientist. So that kind of fits into my overall like ethos too. I would rather research, you know, how do you save water in your landscape? How do you produce more out of whatever you're growing? Um, the basic science is great, and I'm glad there are people that are really good at doing that. That's not my uh, that's not my forte. I would rather study and research and communicate about things that actually, in, in a in a direct sense. Uh, can impact a grower's life or a homeowner's life or, or a student's life or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting. And I need, I have to say that, uh, and, and uh, anyway, I don't know how, how to say this uh, in, in a way that's, uh, how can I say? Uh, uh, well, it's not a question of awkwardness, but I, I really admire uh, your humor your the your voice the your 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 you know mic technique or your just your i don't know if your voice projects on, you know, on its own i'm loud i'm real loud <laughs> but you're not you're not it's not uh, aggressive loud you have you have volume but anyway I, I, there's there's something also about 
the fact that I'm not speaking my first language, you you, hmm. know, you are, uh, and I'm always kind of uh, self-conscious about that. But, you know, I have talked about this with other people before. We always remember, at least I've always remembered, the teachers who had this passion but also this knack for teaching. And I think you're you're one of the I would have loved to be in, in one of your classes. Sometimes you share some things on Twitter, some uh, uh feedback from your students, and it, it's often funny and uh <laughs> and uh, you you know, and you have this also kind of this self uh almost self self-deprecating but funny humor about yourself <laughs> that I that I appreciate a lot. Um but I I wonder uh you know I Given that I have you here, that you are in, in touch with students, I don't know. Are mm-hmm. you in touch with students in person these days? Has it resumed? Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, class starts Monday, so starts today Monday. is okay, so. Thursday. We start up Monday. Okay. So yeah, uh, one thing that I don't have my my hand on the pulse of is undergrads. How are they? Um, how are they envisioning their futures? Because you know. Where I'm think I'm been, I'm usually focused on like six years later, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on the you know, master's PhD, etc. But I one thing that you, you were talking about them, and it's true to me that it start it can start earlier. This thing of thinking about the future, and I'm pretty sure because of the the generational gap between when I went through undergrad and who, who the people who are going through undergrad now, you must have a very uh, current idea of how these these um, these people who are now going into university and deciding to study a little bit longer what their outlook is on life i don't know this is not something we dis- we discussed about before but you just got me curious about it you know that's that's a really interesting question so i um i i kind of see it on two sides right like i teach students i have i teach introductory horticulture uh here at texas tech and this semester, I have 153 students in my lecture. It's a big class, like lots, lots of students. <laughs> uh, and so my one-on-one time with them, and I'm not teaching any, I haven't taught any labs in a little while. So like the, 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 our lab TAs have a lot of like face-to-face, very you know, direct contact with students on, on an individual basis because they're smaller groups. For me, I, I get limited from the instruction side, direct one-on-one contact with each of my students, except for the ones that make a point to come talk to me and that come make a point to actually, you know, be involved and all that. And I try my best to learn names and all that, but it's, that's a lot of students. My, my brain, I'm not that smart. It's, you know, it's a challenge. Uh, but so, and on the other side, I employ as the greenhouse manager here, I employ undergraduate workers. So I usually have four to six undergrads that work for me. Um, and it's really interesting. That's a, that's really an interesting question because it varies a little bit. You know, these I'm going to say kids, and I don't mean that to sound condescending. Uh, and when I say that, I really don't mean it that way, right? I think some mm-hmm. sometimes in academia, where which is the weirdest thing to me, kind of down on students, and it doesn't make any sense to me because they're the whole reason we're here. They should be the yeah. entire reason we're here. Um, but they're they're young, right? I, I, it, it strikes me that an 18 year old. It's, they're, they're kids. They're, they're kids. They're, they're called to be adults. They're having to make adult decisions and all that and about the rest of their lives. But they're, they're kids. And, and I think it's important 
so let me, let me answer your question that I'm in the thought. So I think that most of them have somehow, and it, it boggles my mind sometimes to think that they do. They have a lot of optimism. Um, as, as much as we like to joke about Gen Z and I, I do it, I'm a millennial. I like to joke about Gen Z as much as the next 30 something year old. Uh, but, but they, I think have a clear, how do I say it? A, a lot of them have a very clear picture of not just what they want their, their lives to look like their own lives, but kind of what they want the world to look like in the future. And I think that they maybe have new and interesting ways of getting at that. Like, you know, maybe a world that's more equitable for, for anyone and everyone and a world that is um, uh, a, a little bit kinder to folks with differences and things like that. I, I see a lot of that. Um, and I try to encourage that as, as an instructor as much as I can, you know, and, and uh, try to, to um, maybe structure my class to be as accessible to, to folks as possible and try to like, uh, you know, whether I say it or not directly to, to support that, that ethos that they kind of bring towards life. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, obviously it's, things are chaotic. (laughs) Maybe that's a, maybe that's a mild term in the world right now, but, but I, I see a lot more optimism than one might think. And so that's, you know, from the, the student side, just hearing their comments and stuff, but I work very closely with these four, six students that I employ here and Mm -hmm. they're, they're so awesome. They're awesome. Uh, I, I have, uh, it may be unpopular with some groups, but I have a lot of hope for our future because of these students that, you know, they're, they're passionate, they're smart. They, they work harder than anyone's willing to give them credit for. Um, and they, uh, I, I think have, a, they want a lot for their lives and they maybe are just finding new ways to get what they want for our, their lives than maybe what you and I were taught growing up. Yeah. Because I think as, you know, uh, in our generation, it was, oh, you you do this, you go to college, you get a job, you work 40 hours and, and X, Y, and Z. And yeah, I think we're maybe finding that that's not the most sustainable way to live a life. And I think some of these younger folks um, in, you know, in, in our, our, my students' generation and, and probably our kids' generation are going to have a very different way of... Uh, approaching life. And that, that's kind of exciting for me. I think that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. And the, the thing I, that I've heard is that some of them are, have this anxiety related to, to the climate change, et cetera, which sure. I think is, is, uh, you know, they, they're justified to have it. <laughs> it's reasonable. Uh, yeah. But, but, uh, they do, they do have to, to kind of, um, find, find new paths to follow towards their happiness and their contribution to society. And, and and I think they they're choosing moving away from certain of those things that you said. Some of them are now uh, you know ha- trying to have tiny houses and uh, mm-hmm. and and be zero. Uh, how do you say it in English? Zero, like zero waste or zero yeah waste and and they're very they're acting upon these things that when I had their age I I didn't think about them really. I I was taught not to throw something on the on the floor, you know. But I wasn't taught that, you know, having a lot of garbage was actually a problem and we should reduce it and we should refuse stuff that's overpackaged, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera which, which are things that now I'm awake to. But at their age, I was not. So I, I, oh, it I must know. be interesting and it must be inspiring to see people of, of that age bring up these issues and actually do things about it. 
Oh, it, it is for sure. And, and I feel like it's my job to try my best as someone who, for, for better or worse, has some kind of influence over their life, right? Like to not be the, not turn my, let myself turn into the stodgy old guy that's like, these kids don't know anything. Yeah. You know, I know, I think they, they bring a lot to it. And I try to, again, like I said, and, and, you know, probably with mixed results, try to encourage it as best I can. Uh, and whatever that means, however I can, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I think pretty much what you see is what you get. And my stupid sense of humor is what ends up in the classroom. <laughs> and, you know, I tell these same like lame jokes that end up on the podcast, like and on Twitter, I tell that to my students. Cause I, mm-hmm. so I think as educators, maybe just as people, we don't really owe each other a whole lot except authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think that, like, yeah, you know, everyone's just trying to survive. Like we're all just trying to make it and be happy and live better lives and take care of our families and the planet and all that in whichever way we can. Mm. Uh, and so I try to be as open with them about my struggles as I am about anything else. So like if there's a day that I'm behind, you know, on grading or whatever, I, I try not to make excuses for it. I'm like, look, I had a crappy week, you know, stuff happened. Life's hard. Uh, and, and I try to be maybe more than I should be. I don't know. I I don't know how else to be except just trying to be honest with them about my experience, not just as a horticulture plant guy, uh, but as a, as a human, like how did I make it to where I am as a human? And I think, again, those are the kinds of stories we can also tell through this medium of of podcasting. We can be honest, you know, we can be, uh, kind of real with it. It's true, and and I think you really do a good job at that. And I, whenever I see one of your videos on Twitter, or or whenever I listen to to uh, to one of your podcasts, I feel like I I'm in the room with you. There's there's something about your um, authenticity, and I think that's really it. There's no there's no uh, okay. I'm Doctor Baliga, and uh, now here I'm going to talk about uh, no. Uh, and and it, I think it's one of the key things that I. That I was when I was saying that I appreciated it, uh, what you do, definitely your your delivery and how real you are, and I think that's what that's what is touching to people, and that's what makes people engage. Um, well, that means a lot. I really appreciate you saying that. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know, whenever you have these videos with a plant and you have uh, googly <laughs> eyes on the plant and you're talking with it, I'm like, so I'm just like, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, but I know your your humor works 100 percent with me. Sure. Um, but I, I was gonna uh, uh, t- rebound on something you said about uh, a community and about um, um, the new gener, the younger generations. I have a feeling, and again, you must have a better uh, uh, hand, uh, uh, finger on the pulse of this, that they have a bigger, a, a stronger sense of community than we and generations before us had. I, I have, a, I have this feeling that we're transitioning from individualism to com- community as we go uh, as we come to these new generations and and I think that uh, I'm going to make a strange parallel here but I think that as podcasters as indie podcasters it's it would be important to think about this and create communities of of, of podcasters because because we're or it's easy or it's easy to 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 be um or not easy. It's difficult to be found and to be seen as an indie podcaster because there's so much out there. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people creating podcasts every day. Podcasts that maybe don't reach seven episodes, but they're there. And uh, but it's also important in our communities. You know, when we're doing recycling, when we're doing compost, uh, composting, and things like that. To and I think all of these tendencies that are coming, and a lot of them related to, you know, dealing with this climate change, etc., and with pollution. I think it's bringing us. It's making the community ties stronger again. Maybe. To a level that they were, I don't know, hundreds of years ago. I don't know. Or I don't know what what your feeling is about this, but um, I think community should be a, a central theme of of uh, a lot of our communicating and of our actions in these in these coming years. Hundred percent. And and I think you know we've we've found a a, a cool little group of podcasters that we kind of like you know message back and forth, share each other stuff, just kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. And it's really fun. Like, I, I think we've got a great little group of people. And um, I, it's interesting because I feel like coming from a world that is incredibly competitive in academia and business and whatever, like, there's no reason we can't all succeed at what we're doing here, right? The fact that we're like collaborating on a, a video to celebrate that we both hit 50,000 downloads this week. Like, can you imagine like two tenure track people like talking together at a meeting about, oh, we both hit this many citations. That's yeah. it's super competitive <laughs> and kind of cutthroat. And I think we've kind of been taught that that's maybe how it's supposed to be, but it doesn't have to be. I think the fact that we can all support each other and that we're uh, all better off by kind of raising the whole industry and supporting the the individual, not again, not the individualism, but like the um, uh, independence of of every single podcast. I, that's why I think like indie podcast groups and little networks that support true indie podcasts are awesome. And I have nothing against the big shows. I listen to a lot of big podcasts that are like uh, Science Versus is one of my favorite podcasts, and they have uh, you know a whole team of researchers. It's a it's a Gimlet show, and they um, like. One of them. Yeah, yeah, but they have all this whole team, and they produce an incredible product. And I'm grateful for what they do because I get awesome content. But like, I, I think again, we can all as indie podcasters really be supporting each other because I think when one of us wins, we all win because it gives more legitimacy to the industry. It it shows we're really bad. I think as humans, and maybe it's just Western society. I don't know about like. Uh, turning everything corporate after a while, right? Things that start grassroots and kind of pure turn into this big conglomeration of, you know, two or three big power players. We tend towards, it's interesting because if life tends towards entropy, we kind of go the opposite way with a lot of our endeavors, right? We try to make order out of chaos. And sometimes maybe a little bit of chaos is not a bad thing when we're trying to bring in different views. And, and give more people a mic, you know? It's true. And I, I think podcasting, because of the way it, it was born and because of the RSS feed and, and mm-hmm. how it works, I think some entropy will always stay, will, will always remain. But today, we like this year, we are seeing, and, 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 and last year, big, uh, yeah, big uh, corporate players starting to put their pieces on the on the board and mm-hmm. buying shows uh joe rogan with spotify for example but and then uh you know a, a bunch of other like exclusive deals um and it, it can be scary for people who are starting who want to maybe start a podcast 
to say, oh, I can't compete with that. But hey, like like Vikram was saying, we listen to this podcast. For me, one one that I really really like is a Hidden Brain uh, mm-hmm. with Shankar Vedantam, and I and actually he's kind of I think maybe my my interviewing mentor. I don't know. I I like his style. Mm-hmm. He always like. There was always touch, touching a chord with me, and um, but it, now again they started Hidden Brain Media, and uh, I think it's Hidden Brain Media, and and they're they're going that way of making it a business because that's that's the way co- the corporate world works, and if you want sponsors and if you want to etc etc, you want to make it a, a system that that brings value but also makes money. That's the way you you have to go. But my point is, people who have a, an idea, an audio project that they want to launch, launch it. Use your phone. This is, oh, they all they all they all have mm-hmm. great microphones. You know, use your phone if you want just to start and get on, on one of those uh, on you know cheap or almost or free even platforms. Um, the ones that that keep, that uh, don't take your your uh, IP. And start, start, and like Vikram was saying, he had the idea. He the this professor spoke. It kind of gelled the idea in his head. Said, okay, I'm starting. I'm I'm buying my gear, and and I'm starting. And now here we are, uh, fifty thousand downloads later, and um, and uh, you know we 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 uh, enjoy this. And one of the things we enjoy is that people enjoy it. If, mm-hmm. You know for sure, the fact that you see that people are uh, uh, listening and listening through your your uh, what, what you've worked often at me to for me at least like late at night uh, on oh, Wednesdays yeah. because the episode is coming out <laughs> oh, on, yeah. on Thursday. <laughs> but then when you see the downloads and you see, I don't know if you get uh, geographical data, but mm-hmm. I I I love to see. Okay, oh, someone in Kenya, someone in Japan, someone in Turkey. Like it's just amazing to me. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I'm kind of repeating myself again on, on that, but it, it's it's one of the things that give me a lot of uh, a lot of satisfaction for sure. So yeah, just if you have a, a podcast project, start, and then uh, and then it's it's consistency. If you're if you're consistent, uh, people will start. Uh, you, you get more visibility once the platforms and the algorithms see the whole. Oh, okay, uh, Joe publishes every Wednesday at at uh, this hour, and then the show notes. There's uh, all all of these other things that can help with. They can help the Google bots to mm-hmm. to bring you up in the searches, etc. But the um, it's just a, a my a phone and 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 your idea. I think I don't know. I don't know what you if you have comments on this, Vikram. But for me, I, I think it's you can start with just that if uh, if it's uh, it's what you want to do, right? Yeah, just start. Just try it. You know, and and the nice thing is the entry barriers, like you say, are super low, right? You you need a microphone of some kind, mobile uh, this big ridiculous thing i bought whatever yeah some people do it with their apple uh, headphones with the, the mic it's, and, it's fine and me. it's fine i what i have discovered you know I, i'm kind of a gearhead unfortunately I, and i love like oh i got a new mic i got a new I, I, that for what for better or worse i'm a gearhead right yeah. uh but I, I don't need to be if all i had was my phone and my headphones i i could make a podcast and it could sound fine um there's there's plenty of free ways to do it I think just give it a shot. And I think also uh, don't fall into like the sunk cost fallacy of it. Like if you tried it for seven episodes, 10 episodes and you're like, I, I don't want to do it anymore. Okay. You're not, you're not committed, right? Do what you want to do. And, and you know, for me, like I, 
I have managed to get this kind of worked into my job description. So outreach is part of what I do. Uh, But for me, like if it stops being fun, I don't really want to do it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I do this uh, for my listeners, right? I, I, I love that people listen and I want to produce the best product I can for them. And I do it for my guests because I want to give them the best platform I can. So all of the, the sometimes shameless self-promotion and all of it, it's, it's for that. It's for a better platform and a better experience for the listener. But ultimately, I enjoy doing it. And like, yeah. we're both busy. Everyone's busy. And so if it stops being something that you are excited about doing, maybe reevaluate. And I don't mean just like, I'm going to stop today, but maybe try to figure out why you're not enjoying it anymore. Right. And then, and then work through that. And it may be, okay, this has run its course and I'm done and that's fine. Or maybe, oh, I just need to change up the format or release episodes less often or uh, whatever. There's no, there's no, there's no rules. <laughs> it's, 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 especially uh, if you're indie, like, it could be you, the, your rules are the rules. Yeah. Do what you want. It's got, which I think is kind of freeing and it's kind of fun. Yeah. One thing that, uh, that, um, I don't know what was your experience, but, you know, the first few episodes. I think if, if I remember well, I followed someone's instruction or actually a book that I had read and I published three episodes to begin mm-hmm. because that's what they, they said. And then it's like that, you know, you wait for the first few downloads. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember those days? You know, just for people who might be wanting to start, uh, just to, to kind of tell them to be patient and to be, mm-hmm. if they have the passion and if it's fun every time, keep doing it. And Little by little, you people will know you. They'll refer you to someone else, and then it'll grow. But it's a slow, at least in my experience, it's been a, a slow uh, process. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, it was for me. And I, I didn't read that book, so I just started with one episode. And I, you know, okay, I, I did a preview kind of thing to to just get myself indexed on Apple and all the places. Okay, kind of as episode zero. Type, yeah, episode zero type which I've actually since uh, taken down and replaced with a trailer. Um, and so. Yeah. Oh no. At first I was like, I, I was so shocked when I had like 30 downloads, you know, like what 30 people want to listen to this. Are you, are you serious? Uh, and, and I think a, a good piece of advice too, um, use the numbers for what they are, right? We're celebrating doing 50,000 downloads, but they're meaningful, but they're a tool to gauge success. They're not the entire like success of your show. If you're getting good feedback, if your guests are enjoying coming on, if it's not too hard to get people to come on because they've heard the show and they like it. Mm-hmm. If people are listening, if if you get good comments, I, uh, who cares how many people, how many downloads you have, right? Like, okay. yes, if you're, if you're hunting sponsors, if you're doing all that, yes, there is an industry like you have to have this many or, or whatever, right? Or you need some kind of, there's, there's some benchmarks to hit. But depending on your goals, if you're just trying to like, get your message out there. If you're just trying to do it because you enjoy doing it. Uh, and ultimately like some people listen, they tell you they enjoy it. You know, don't get, don't get too hung up on the download numbers. Like they're important. I check mine obsessively cause that's how I am. I'm a data guy. I love stats. I'll sit there and like refresh the stats over and over and it's probably completely unhealthy. <laughs> um, but like if you talk to like Paul Choma with the the Varmints podcast, he never looks mm-hmm. at his stats because that's not why he's doing it. Yeah. Like I could probably ask him how many downloads you have on the last episode and he probably couldn't tell me offhand. He'd have to look. Like whereas if you ask me, I'm like, oh, I had this many by this day and I've got a spreadsheet here and I like nerd out about it. Uh, well, 
but but keep it in context, right? Like I think I'm super excited that we both hit fifty thousand. I think that's so cool. Uh, that's very cool, and, and I'm a bit like you. I I I kind of refresh and have the same type of pattern. <laughs> but one of the things of if if you're doing it to to uh, assess your value as a podcaster and the value of your podcast, don't do it. No, because there's always someone who does a thousand times more than you. Always. <laughs> yeah. Like. I- and I heard it said one time, and I thought I, I think it was somebody tweeted, and I don't remember now uh, who it was, but uh, it was like keep in mind that if anyone is listening to your show at all or whatever you create, that there's oh, hey Natalie, uh, I just saw Nat- Natalie pop up on uh, uh, on the comments here, but um, I heard it said one time that there's a good chance if anyone's listening that your thing may be someone's favorite thing, right? And, and that's kind of very humbling, right? That somebody listens because they, they're excited about your content. They're excited about what you're putting out there. So mm. even if you're getting like, you know, 20 downloads an episode, one of those 20 people, it may be their, the highlight of their week. They may need to listen to it. And I think that if we look at it through those content, through that lens of what I'm doing is meaningful, separated from the statistics, uh, it makes it easier to keep going maybe when you have an off episode or yeah, that happens. You get one, you're like, Oh, this is going to do great. And like, it's like three downloads. You never know. Right. It's just, it's one of those things. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, it's interesting that you say that because I don't know your experience, but on my side, um, uh, podcasting has been, it's very, it's like you're, um, you're in a lighthouse. Uh, and p- the continent is a few uh, nautic miles away, so messages take time to co- to get to you. But you're doing your work every day. You're you're you know make, 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 making the lights go uh, whenever the the sun goes down, etc. Hoping that it serves someone. And then one day there's a letter that arrives, and this happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, an email of uh, 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 someone who follows Papa PhD, and she said, "Oh no, uh, it's it's part of my Saturday and Sunday routine. I'm in I'm in my masters now, and I'm thinking of the PhD." And she was, and, and she it was, I I didn't I, I was like emotionally, it was so fulfilling. It was so emotional for me to have this one person saying this this show is perfect for me right now, because actually at, uh, right now I'm thinking of okay what can I change what can I improve and here's this person for whom the show and she said the fact that it's bilingual because she's here in Montreal uh, etc a lot of things that she wrote in her message that actually I need to read I need to go read read it again and 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 think and think and reflect upon it but just that one person who wrote that message it she makes the whole the whole endeavor worth it for sure. Yeah, which goes with what what you were saying, hundred percent. But uh, the thing is, and that's again a, a warning for people who are starting. Uh, un- unless you have maybe a you know a group of people who you already know are going to be your listeners and are your and your friends and are actually excited for you to start and are going to give feedback right away, you might have a month, half a year, or more without direct feedback from your listeners. And but the day you do. You'll see how awesome that that is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool, and it like like you said, it kind of kind of makes the whole thing worth it. Yeah, I, I saw a comment one time in a in a Facebook group I'm in. Um, are you in Wild Green Memes? Are Are you in that big ridiculous? It's a big ridiculous Facebook group where people share like oh, nice. nature memes. Okay. It's 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 a meme page, but it has like five hundred thousand people in it. 
So God. I saw I was I was scrolling through a, a thread one day, and I, I won't call this person out because they may listen. Uh, maybe I will. I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, and uh, I have a, a follower, uh, a friend. I'm shoot. I have a friend on Twitter uh, named Aura. Uh, her username's Vivasaur. If you ever, she's got great content. She's really funny. Mm-hmm. And I was scrolling through a, a, a post one time on, or a thread one time on Wild Green Memes, and I saw, I recognized her name, and uh, she said, oh yeah, my favorite podcast, Planthropology, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? Like, Whoa. people listen to this? I don't know. It still <laughs> shocks me sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, really? Like, there's actually a human on the other side of these, like, numbers, and I know it, like, up here, but it's a... And and yeah, Natalie said waking up to a new review is wonderful, and that is so true. Oh, I'm I, show it here. Yeah, it's it's so true. <laughs> it is. It is. And it kind of uh, because you uh, until you get you get that first message or this first couple of message, you can you can doubt yourself because you're you're still listening to these awesome and highly produced podcasts every day, and you can easily you know fall into the error of comparing. <laughs> But then when this message comes, it is wonderful. It it's um it it gives you it kind of recharges your battery for for okay let's do another season mm-hmm. and uh, and let's keep let's keep uh, let's keep bring bring the bring people on that have great stories and uh, and helping people who are in need of of inspiration or in need of some laughter or in need of uh, uh, you know just a, a moment of decompression and uh, learning about plants. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Question, question, do you students, are your students, your listeners, do you know this? Do you have an, an idea? You know, there's a few. Uh, I had a, actually a comment from a former student from last semester, a very, very kind comment, uh, probably ki- kinder than I deserved. And it was, it was really nice. So yeah, some of them listen. I, I kind of feel weird about like hard selling my podcast to my students. I, <laughs> no I mentioned it at the beginning of the semester that I've got a podcast and I'll, I'll bring it up from time to time and, uh, you know, if they want to listen, that's fine. I don't want them to feel like they need to, right? Uh, oh, I, I, this is this is kind of an aside, but um, mm. so I do an, I do an assignment at the end of the semester where they get to pick like one of three topics um, that we covered. Uh, like one of them is about like plant breeding and water conservation. We may do climate change this semester, whatever. You know, two or three different things. And in the past, I've had them write like a eight hundred word paper. Okay. Uh, just about that topic. But I realize I have 150 students and I, I, I don't want to grade <laughs> 158 page papers so or three page papers. So what, what I am going to do this semester, I think I'm going to try it. We'll see how it goes, is uh, give them the option to write the paper or do a five to 10 minute podcast episode about their topic uh, or a five to 10 minute YouTube like vlog style video about it. Right. And I've got a YouTube channel that I'll upload their stuff to. I'm going to set up actually a new feed, uh, a new RSS feed, maybe through Anchor or something uh, for my class. And like they'll send me their their content and I will actually post it on there uh, if they want me to. Like I'll I'll give them the option. Um, But I thought, you know, it may be a fun exercise. Not all of them will choose to do it, but I would love to find out of my class, like the next big podcast or how cool would that be? That'd, that'd be so cool. <laughs> and, and I don't know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, but I think it's just something different and I think that'll be fun. But no, I don't know. I think a few students listen. I've had a few tell me that they enjoy the show, but uh, I think the ones that maybe have listened and don't enjoy the show won't tell me until it's review time. Uh, but 
I don't know. So there's some, but I try not to hard sell it. It's it's that feels awkward to me. Uh, of course, of course. I was just curious, but uh, it's interesting that you allow them to to uh, dip their toes in in trying to uh, to create things in different media versus just writing, uh, especially because not everyone is comfortable or super good at, at that and they might be really good on the mic or yeah. uh, be or in front of a camera so yeah very cool i am I, I think you i hope you let us know the results of the of your of that experiment yeah i will for sure <laughs> um vikram i don't know uh, we hadn't uh, talked about a time we we've run a little bit over an hour i don't know what your schedule looks like um but um I mean, I've got a few more minutes if we want to, like, yeah. maybe put in some final thoughts or whatever. Yeah. And you no, know, for sure, uh, for sure, uh, that that would be a good thing. I think maybe one thing we could do uh, would be to um, to uh, because you mentioned a couple of times we're part of this group of other podcasters. Uh, maybe a shout out to them. We can't shout out everyone because there's a <laughs> bunch of people. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I don't know if you want to, to, to do, to go that way or, uh, simply we could thank our listeners again. And, um, one of the things that I, that, uh, I'd like to do is to, to tell people that I am, uh, open for, if they have any questions about the, the PhD, about the post PhD experience, but also maybe about podcasting, about podcasting, uh, as a, as a researcher like you are as a scientist, but uh, also just about plain old, uh, just, the, you know, podcasting process that I, I'd be glad to, to answer. Uh, I'm a little bit of a gearhead myself and uh, I see you have uh, your, your SM7B in front of you and uh, yep. sli slightly jealous, but okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a, um, this one is actually, I really, really like it. It's a Rode Procaster, which uh, has really, served me well uh, until now and it's very very sturdy mic too but uh yeah so <laughs> gearhead here too yeah yeah um uh, yeah you, you know i i will say i i think it, like you're right there are a bunch of people in this little podcast group we have and it'd be hard to to, to shout out but i will say that there are a couple of folks that when i was starting really gave me a lot of help uh and that's um you know, Ellen from just the zoo of us, I think she has been such a, a great sounding board. Uh, Paul from Varmints, um, um, Sean from Petri dish. Uh, he's not as active on, on social media lately, but, but I think that uh, he is, uh, you know, been, again, these are all people that I've been able to like go to over time and just like say, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, please help. <laughs> and they're always willing to help. Uh, uh, Chris from the Mad Scientist podcast. He actually is very passionate about helping new podcasters and especially in the science space and all of that. And I've seen uh, Natalie saying that Ellen helped her too as she was uh, getting started. And uh, mm. so there, there's a lot of great folks out there. And, um, you know, I wish I could just like say everyone's name, but we would be here a while. But uh, I, I'm trying I, to find the list of people that I can't even access, access yeah. on Twitter. But I don't know how to do that. To all of you guys in the group, um because we we have like discussions and we 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 also uh, uh you know promote our episodes amongst each other but there there was this moment where actually we shared um 
trailers of each other's shows mm -hmm. and we were for a while actively posting uh posting uh, trailers of each other's shows in in our episodes uh but again people are very busy and uh it's this is this is very you know it's not organized at all we just no, no. <laughs> we got we got yeah. together in a group on, on twitter and we're chatting and and we're uh, some people ask you know uh, ask some some questions and um there was there was a, a discord start mm -hmm. but it yeah i'm not good at discord i'm not good at that yeah. i don't i don't know how to use it um but but i think i think the long the long uh, the, the point to that story maybe is like you've said a couple of times if you're starting out reach out I, I think you will find that most folks in this community would love to help. And, and I, and if you find someone that's not, I'm sorry, you know, sometimes that happens, but you can always reach out to us. I think, I think I don't want to speak too much for you. But you kind of said that and yeah. uh, there, there is help to be had. And uh, uh, we want, I want the, the industry to succeed and I want indie podcasters to do well. And I uh, maybe spend more time, you know, gushing about people's shows on on twitter than is comfortable for anyone but i don't care i'm gonna keep doing it yeah no definitely us helping each other is is central uh and then if if you um you know if you're a, a listener of the of the plant apology podcast and you now learned about papa PhD and it might be interesting to you one of the things that helps us a lot as indie podcasters is if you like something and you're you know your group of colleagues or friends might like it if you share it with one of one or two people that's one of, of the best things uh, you can do and of course uh, there, there's you know there's leaving reviews here and there although now it's difficult because not everyone's on apple and blah 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 but just this thing of, of sharing uh, sharing uh, or, or even you know offering to follow you know if if, if someone is not um, savvy about podcasts mm -hmm. Installing an app, there's a bunch of free ones, and and subscribing them to the podcast that you like or recommend. That can be that can be a way too. But um, you know, sharing the sharing our that you know you know what you like, sharing what you like is one of the best ways to help us for sure. For sure, absolutely. Vikram, uh, it's it's yeah, it's way well past an hour. I think. Um, we uh, have, have talked about a bunch of things. We went a bunch of different ways. But uh, I think the main thing, for at least for me, when, when I had the idea of doing this, was to thank the listeners for bringing us here. It's really, really motivating to us to, to see these milestones appear. And it's so funny. I, was, I don't know, for people who weren't here at the beginning of the, of the, 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 the live, I was just showing Vikram, I hit 50,000 today. So I'm legit. I can be celebrating this <laughs> today. But yeah, thanks to everyone and everywhere in the world who's uh, downloaded one episode, listened, uh, you know, to, to part of it, and or or you know showed or uh, or shared our shows with with their friends. Uh, thank you so much. It's that's what keeps us going, and uh, that that's what uh, keeps us our our batteries full to to keep these these projects, which which are a lot of work. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that we I can't we can't hide that that it's a lot of work and that's why you need to try and see if you enjoy the experience. But you know th this is uh, it's really really great and really motivating. One hundred percent. And I would encourage you to to reach out on Twitter, just even if it's just to say, "Hey, how's it going?" And I, I I would I want more friends. Please please come be my friend. And if you're listening to this, if you're if you're out there, 
yeah, connect with us, uh, Papa PhD, Planthropology on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all the places. And uh, I have a ticker tape. Oh, here. that's so cool! I have no idea. You're, I'm glad you're doing this because <laughs> I have no idea how to do any of this. So that's awesome. It's gonna come back. Yeah, uh, I think on Instagram, yours is different. It's uh, Planthropology Pod on pod. Instagram, and it would have been that on Twitter, but Twitter shorted me a character. Uh, so you know. All right. Very cool, Vikram. Thank you so much for having accepted this. Uh, it's it's a great coincidence, and it's it's really a happy coincidence that we hit this number almost at the same time. Um, and I I want to kind of share this celebration with all the people we know who who podcast that are within the group that we mentioned, but also others. Uh, and because it's it's a great industry, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of passion. You'll see. I think you've noticed. Uh, looking at, at Vikram uh, uh, and, and hearing at least his story. There's a lot of passion between the people who decide to inde- to endeavor uh, starting and maintaining a, a podcast. Um, and uh, it's I really appreciate that this effort uh, is, is met with uh, people listening to us. It's uh, that's, that's, I think my, my final words for today. Thank you. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And, and, uh, I guess we'll talk to y'all soon. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Papa PhD podcast. Head over to papaphd.com for show notes and for more food for thought about non-academic postgrad careers. I'll always be happy to share inspiring stories, new ideas, and useful resources here on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to always keep up with the discussion and to hear from our latest guests.